0: what it is what's up got your podcast in a cut um terrible allergies <laughs> are killing me once again uh i don't know dude i just have shitty allergies i gotta start taking my uh clarity every day i hope my voice doesn't distract y'all so much when that ass kicking that occurred earlier today i had a lot of energy for that i'm sure we all did uh there's no i, I feel like for the majority of auburn fans There's no one they feel like they should be up more from a recent memory perspective than LSU. And that's anybody, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, whoever. I think we have some of the most inexplicable losses in the same notion we have some of the most inexplicable wins against teams like Alabama uh, when it comes to LSU. And to kind of further (laughs) reference just how crazy this is, Fun fact opening out this, just found this out just from a thought uh, about five minutes ago. Coach O has or opened with three straight wins against the Armour Tigers. I'm sure we all know about that. Uh, off the top of my head, I did not record this and it's not pulled up currently, so I'm off the top of my head. I believe in 2017, he won 27 23. I believe in 2018, he won 23 to 22, or 22 21. It was a one point margin. Um, and then in last year, against Joe Brady and Joe Burrow, <laughs> go Tigers, uh, <laughs> we held them to only 23 points, but only scored 20. So, three, four, one-point margins, I believe, off the top of my head. After today, Coach O now has a 29-point deficit in the head-to-head matchup against Gus Malzahn. I'm going to let y'all think on that while I sit this uh tee real quick. Jesus, still hot. Um, Yeah, so that goes to show you that, you know, I've been talking shit with a lot of LSU fans today. I've needed this. It's been cathartic to honestly have this. As an Auburn fan, as a sports fan, somebody that's just had a really bad day. um, You you, you, know, if if you're a student and you're more, I guess, COVID preventative, um, whatever your campus is at, I'm sure you've had a tough go of not just going crazy because how many people having fun. And I'm sure they can have their fun. I have no problem with that. But it's just hard to be in my situation being, I guess, deprived from all kind of civilization. It's tough. It's definitely tough. But this isn't a COVID podcast. This episode isn't anyway. Uh, So going on to that, I want to talk some talking points I drew up. Uh, I watched this game pretty intensely, I feel like. Um, for the most part, I watched it by the first quarter on live TV, and the rest was, uh, record- well, not recorded, but on the stream. So the delay plus the lag kind of always takes away from some of your interpretations, well, the quality from time to time. But I think I watched this game pretty intensely. I think I picked up a few interesting uh, little notions. First of which, Bo, uh, as ESPN pointed out, had one of the best dual threat, quote-unquote, games that quarterbacks had Auburn since Cameron. Uh, I believe it was 300 yards, three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, and some other qualifier that ESPN pulled to their ass. Um, but, you know, first game of that magnitude since Cam. And I would definitely say that I don't want to gas Bo because I don't think Bo had the greatest start ever to this game. But he did what Bo needed to do. And that's all we wanted from Bo for the past one and a half years, one and a half seasons. All we wanted was for Bowe to do what just needed to be done. You go back to AM last year, missed an easy, I believe, wide open Schwartz by 20 yards uh, in, a, in a play much like what ended his tenure today. Um, and I think AM got another touchdown off of that, made it a little bit closer. That's, that's huge, you know. Um, that's different even with this game. If you don't get that Schwartz, I mean— that was the first play of the entire drive. But let's say you don't get that Schwartz play and LSU comes back and, you know, gets another touchdown and all that stuff. I mean, it doesn't really change the end result probably too much. But, I mean, I would say that Auburn's offense was pretty lethargic let, 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 lethargic, lethargic, after Bowen went out. So, let's say you pull Bowen out 42 to, I don't know, 20? I feel like that doesn't hit the same way. I think this needs to be a throw ass beat. I don't think this needs to be a, you know, it goes from 42 to 3 to 42 and 24, something like that. That just doesn't. I think I think the, the mood of a win matters a lot um, to a fan base. And I think Gus understood that with the call he made on that play. So moving on from there, I, again, Bo deserves props for doing the, the simple things, the right things, things we need him to do um, from the jump. Reminiscence Alabama game and stuff, I feel like far better. I was always of the opinion that the Alabama game was slightly gassed because he won the game from Bo. I thought he had a couple of good drives and didn't play stupid. But this, I would say, is a step above that. I would say what he did last year was, like, to compare to the great Alabama stable of quarterbacks, last year, uh, Bo, I guess Alabama's probably, like, Greg McElroy, And this year would probably be, like, end of career Adrian McCarron. It's a step above game manager. It's really going there and making some some tough throws. He made some tough throws. Um, it was a beautiful back shoulder against Seth against Stingley to Seth that he faltered on last year, almost in the exact same call, except in a different place in the field, of course. But um, good to see uh, finally hit that Schwartz deep ball, which I think we've been waiting for for. Two years now, uh, hopefully that's a viable weapon. There's ice in the background. And yeah, I think if this, if this and that game last week against Ole Miss is both four, uh, Auburn should definitely be within every game going forward. I mean, they they have what appears to be a legitimate offensive line running the ball for the first time in, what, three? Maybe even longer years. Um, they have... Well, let's let's move on. They have Tank Bixby. That's all you need is Tank Bixby. Also, Shivers. I don't have Shivers written down, but Shivers also is a beast. He's probably the best, right now, the best-looking backup running back anybody has. Maybe not the most talented, but he's looking just about as good as Tank most of these uh, plays. Next, I had Seth Fry Stingley twice. Uh, I kind of went over that already, but I think this was huge because a lot of people— kind of have the conjecture that Seth doesn't consistently show up against some of the better DBs for whatever reason. Some people argue Bo. Some people argue the offense. uh, Some people argue Seth's effort. But I think after getting locked up by, by, what's his name, Joe Horn uh, or JC Horn and then ending, you know, this ending with this this notion that he just can't create separation against better DBs, which I would say for the most part, I mean, outside of a couple of plays, he kind of didn't. But at the end of the day, he went up against the best CB uh, prospect the past two three years, a guy that starts with generational talent, and he won against him twice. Now, the fumble, that was, you know, not ideal. made to play by uh, Stingley, but he won against this guy twice, and that's huge. You know, you can't for for NFL uh, prospects. You need those that kind of film. And even though I think he did a couple times last year as well, uh, it's kind of marred last year by the loss and Stingy pretty much getting the best of everybody else, not named Seth entirely. Uh, so going from there, coming out party for the front seven. If we can pull up the uh, statistics real quick. I haven't looked at these defense statistics yet myself, but let's just say so we had four sacks. Which is huge. Four sacks uh for a team that had a pretty awful uh start as far as defensive line play this season. Uh and seven tackles for loss against the most mobile quarterbacks that LSU had. I would say we pretty much did a good job as the Max Johnson dude until the backups came in. They still got pressure on him then, but you know, yada yada. Um and then they made the the, the that dude what's his name? Uh Findley. they made Finley's life hell. I mean after their running game got pretty much locked up because of the front seven in the beginning uh quarter after that occurred and they had to just throw it out, just air it out, they he, his life was hell. So Kobe had 0.5 TFLs, Owen did as well, Roger had one, Derek Hall had two, Mother had one, and I mean Truesdale had 0.5, Newcork uh, 0.5. So, pretty much, like, six-sevenths of your starting front seven produced a TFL of some sort, maybe, you know, .5 or what have you, but I, that's that's big. I think that's big. Uh, I don't see Big Cat Bryant's nearly statistics, which is kind of weird because, I mean, at the very least, he produced a fumble, but he well, he had the pick. Didn't he also produce a fumble? Um. I forgot who hit. I think that's a big cat. I'm pretty sure that's a big cat. I don't know. But um, that was that was huge. Big cat had a big game. I mean, it's one of those games that statistically probably wouldn't show up exactly. He had a big game. Uh, Kobe Wooden looks like the best defensive lineman on this team right now. Uh, it seems that like his speed did end up panning out. Not necessarily a position they thought it would initially, but he is definitely a benefit right now to this team. And Defensive line, this is a coming out party by far. I would. You go on Twitter, look at anybody. Uh, Derek Hall knocked the ball out, it looked like. Derek Hall knocked the ball out. I, anybody would tell you, this is just peak defensive line play from Auburn. Uh, best that we've had this season, without a doubt. And probably the best we've looked since LSU last year. I mean, maybe one of those burner games against team like Ole Miss, but that's, they looked amazing. So going from there, and also get a linebacker's props. Um, I mean, you only have pretty much... Uh, what's his name? Oh, fuck, I can't remember. Papo and McLean. You only have Papo and McLean there, linebackers, but, you know, Simpson kind of being that hybrid kind of... Uh, in other ple- other places, uh, systems, I guess it would be... Using LSU Carrie Vincent, I believe that's his name. I think he would be a comparison to what Simpson is supposed to be on this defense. And he also plays pretty much a third linebacker in spirit, so that's why him getting hurt kinda of hurt. But they made it work without him. Uh they made him work without him, you know. And still I don't have any more defensive points, so I kinda of just let it end with this. Uh I have one more, but still he obviously it got touched on at the end of this game, but still gets up in the LSU matchup. Obviously, as we all know, that was his previous stop, and they pretty much pushed, kicked him out on the way out. I think we kind of look at it as a pretty decent get, uh, some of us did at the time, but they pretty much kicked him out on his way out. So, so I think he loves getting off his matchup. Obviously, the um, the three was it the was it the the two, three, whatever he ran against the the three. Five whatever he, whatever weird format he ran against LSU last year that Georgia tried to run and couldn't even couldn't even touch LSU with uh, that was huge uh, obviously clamped them up in 2017 and 18 before the offense just kind of broke their backs the defensive backs so I mean you know take that how you may but still get some of these matchups and this is the type of game that we keep still around for I'd say he had a really bad start to the season himself he looked just schematically wrecked against a couple of these teams but. Good, good makeup game from him. Uh, also, had the DBs. That was one of my other points. My third point, I believe, at this point or fourth. Um, the DBs they looked great after starting out really poor in the first quarter. Uh, they again LS I mean, Auburn ran the kind of bend don't break uh, notion when it came to passing the, the ball or defending the pass. They did against Ole Miss, and in part they ran against LSU last year. Um, TJ finished with six points. Six yards per average and i want to say most of his completions came in the first quarter and he kind of was just like frazzled after that i don't remember he went 13 24 overall but i don't remember most of those 13 coming from uh the second quarter i remember most of 24 coming from the, that uh second quarter so shout out to them shout out to them for not letting uh virtually anybody get off i mean marshall is pretty much held in check for the most part um they had the Jenkins kid who they liked a lot. There was a really big, uh, really big pass breakup on him. That was one-on-one, I believe. Was it Pritchett, I want to say? and one-on-one, and I think it was Pritchett who had the pass breakup. Got away with a little bit of, uh, you know, arm grabbing. But it was within the contest of going for the ball. That was huge. I think it ended the drive. And Arik Gilbert, dude's going to be a fucking monster, dude. His, his acceleration for a tight end. His build... um, I mean, that Moss, I thought, was like one of the best tight ends I've seen, you know, in recent memory. But this dude, Eric Jordan, going to be a problem. If he uh, can find his way into a real offense, not the Enseniger offense, which, no disrespect to Enseniger, cool dude, but just not the same caliber of schemer that Brady was. Oof. I will say, I mean, at least you try to get different guys involved, but Auburn's DBs and, and you know, linebackers, they had a good day defending anything deep for the most part. I mean, you look at the longest passings for this team, outside of Butte for 43, uh, you know, you got 24, you got 22, 17. They didn't get much deep, which is what kind of had to happen, I feel like, with how spurtable this offense was for LSU. Uh, so next point, I believe my last point, turns out to be a part of the identity for Auburn. I think this would be, without a doubt, one of the bigger aspects you would take away from this game. When Auburn is forcing t- uh, defensive turnovers, they are really able to get the offense going in a way that the offense can't do itself, honestly. Uh, offense did not look—they had pieces that looked good in the first quarter, but they did not put it together. Obviously, they could have scored before the first or toward the end of the first half. That Seth plays goes a different way. I think that was the end of the first, the Seth fumble. But I just had to say that um, these guys still need a little bit more help with their slow starts. And the defense can just give like the occasional forced fumble. just doesn't necessarily be a recover fumble, but just put the ball on the ground. Make the other team have to slow down a little bit. Give Auburn a chance to kind of look at film and reevaluate what they're doing. Obviously, the pick was huge. Essentially, the pick sits that... Auburn turned into points and venturing on offense, but I think turnovers, in, in previous years, I would say that Auburn got off uh, 2018, 2019, and even a little bit 2017. Well, a little bit 2017. In and, and their bigger games, I think 2017, turnovers were a big part of one of some of those games, but in 18 and 19, you know, these ball-hugging corners that kind of didn't play the ball well, um, Noah, Noah, Noah was not a ball, like, Hawk. He was man cover, cover corner. Uh, McCurry is the same way. Those guys don't get picks very often. Not not very often. Now, McCreary's evolved a little bit. He's slowly starting to, like, able to do both, which is going to be huge for his NFL potential, obviously. But these guys don't potentially usually get a lot of picks. So we can just start getting this to about just one pick a game or even on average for a season, like if the season average was like 0.8 picks a game. That's, that's big. That's big. Yeah, I, I feel like that's significantly higher than what we usually do uh, in previous years. So I'm just, you know, uh, Alabama, obviously that's a big example. You know, it doesn't have to be a pick six, but those obviously allow the offense to kind of get going. And I think that more of that and more of what happened today would be very important. 28, I think 21 points on the turnovers. Um, and then one, one play was a one-play touchdown, which was, you know, a pretty quick, I believe, three and out for LSU, I want to say. That's where it that came from, uh, the one-play, short touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, those quick stops, those are very big. I think Auburn wants to – I think Auburn needs to feel the pace uh, in their sales, the win in their sales. That kind of gets them going, and I think we'll be fine. That continues happening. And I mean, there's a lot of opportunities. I mean, KJ Costello, uh, Jerry Guantanamo, fuck, I keep calling that Jerry Guantano, um, Kellen Mond. There's still a lot of opportunities to force some turnovers between those three guys. Mac Jones, um, not 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 the Mac Jones of last year, but you know, but how often they throw? It's chance. It's a chance out there to make some uh, some magic happen. So that'll be about it for me. Uh, this is one of things I could talk about, but you know, they're in there 20 minutes. Uh, the RB pass, the Shivers, I feel like there should be more of RB passes. Uh, the, the little toss-outs to P- Piggies and Stove. they were there all day, shouting um, Uh Great day by Tank, kind of came on slowly in the start, but LSU was playing the, the run very well, I would say, and their guys were doing a good job there, as far as the linebackers and uh, same secondary coming up to the line and kind of making sure that Tank doesn't get to burst it out wild he usually does so they, they play a pretty good and tank I suppose uh, Shivers kind of I would feel I feel like brought a lot of energy to his he pretty much played in the most part in the beginning of the game I kind of feel like he brought a lot in that short spurt um, Mark and Richards that's the last thing I want to end on Richards looked really good Looks very... Very nimble. I know people a lot of people prepared to carry on. We didn't get to see him make any like crazy jukes or anything like that. But he looks very like swift. And I feel like there's going to be a role for him. Uh, even on the kickoff return, he looked great on the kickoff return. Uh, it's definitely a position for him somewhere in this offense. I think that... You know, right now as far as snaps, I think I like where we're at between Bixby and Shivers. I would like like probably two or three less carries for Bo. So maybe those can be diverted towards you know uh mark a little bit (laughs) a lot less of the speed reversal with anthony schwartz that didn't do anything but you know can't nitpick too much hope you enjoyed this game hope you enjoyed the podcast please share if you would like to uh go tigers